It's Time for Other Strangeness, hosted by me, Psycho Andy. Get in touch with the show by messaging me at otherstrangeness at gmail.com or at Strangeness Talk on Twitter. Hey everyone, I had a really good time talking with my friend Calder Holbrook, but our conversation went super long, so I ended up splitting this one into two parts as well. Uh, I hope you enjoy this week's episode, and then come back next week to hear the rest of the conversation. Alright guys, today we're going to get very strange with Calder Holbrook. Calder, how's it going, man? I am doing strange. (laughs) Perfect! That's perfect! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so Calder, we have been friends for a very long time, uh, since somewhere in the mid to late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been like, it's been over 20 years. It has. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great. I, I'm, I'm so grateful for, for long-term friendships because I moved a lot as a kid, so I didn't get to have a lot of them. Um, so, so since we went to high school together, uh, you have you have since moved to Los Angeles and and work. You're working in Hollywood, and uh, uh, you're podcasting now on the the um, oh man, eighty double back. Yes, uh, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. Um, so man, there's what else are you up to these days? I mean, well, <laughs> pandemic notwithstanding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of this uh, this sketch I, I I wrote that I then adapted into an essay, and that's something I've been doing a lot is kind of comedic essays for for online uh, outlets. But I the one one was about uh, Henry David Thoreau and the idea that it, what if instead of being like placid and enriched by his time at Walden Pond, he was just bored into insanity. Uh, <laughs> And I can tell you, as someone that used to visit Walton Pond a lot when I lived in Massachusetts, <laughs> both are completely valid. You but might it, find it really peaceful, or you might just go insane because you really just don't want to be there anymore. But your parents it, had a long day at work. <laughs> it, it, it's it's yeah, like that whole that whole story is quite <laughs> quite fascinating because like there's there re- it really does feel like numerous things are true. Like one, it could be that fulfilling. Two. It could make you absolutely crazy. Three, he probably was kind of <laughs> full of crap. Also, <laughs> um, mean, entirely possible. <laughs> you know, like because like the like he you like you would gather from him and from the general myth, the reputation that like he truly was remote. He truly was isolated enough to do what he was there to do, and 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 in reality, he was like a couple miles from town, and he saw people often. So you're yeah. like, you know, that's, you know, like not, not, not making it into the book, I guess, but no, I, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walton Pond was, we lived in, at the time we lived in Waltham, which is a little north, a couple hours or, or, or a couple miles, maybe an hour north of Boston. Um, and yeah, Walton Pond was maybe like 20 minutes to a half hour away from where we lived. So like in Waltham, like Brandeis University is in Waltham. It's a pretty ah. big city. Um, yeah, Sure there's plenty of people around right and if you're yeah if you're in walden pond like it's far enough away that if you want to be isolated yeah you absolutely could be you could live in a way where you're just there and you never really leave much like 2020 and early 2021 has been uh (laughs) but if you wanted to go interact with people that's absolutely an option so (laughs) yeah it seems like it and i mean like I'm, i'm thinking you know you're thinking about at that time um, you know, you like travel just obviously would have been a little tougher 
So like that would have been a factor, but it certainly feels like, you know, like he was as capable as like there were, there were, he was not the only person to be really adept possibly at shaping like an image in a time when that was, you know, maybe a relatively new idea (laughs) that Mm -hmm, you would, mm -hmm. um, like that that uh, that you would not be quite what you what you said you were uh but but like that yeah that like that's that's kind of sometimes what it feels like now is is like in that in that sketch where one of the most exciting things that i i imagine thoreau doing every day was like burning his mouth on coffee on purpose and then just sort of marking time by how long it took for the the burns to heal uh <laughs> um <laughs> It's not. It's it's only occasionally like that. Uh, I I um my father and I built a a voiceover booth out of PVC pipe that I'm actually speaking to you from right now. Oh, fantastic! Uh, so and and uh, and I like I think we all had kind of like our our early quarantine, like our our mid quarantine, our late quarantine. Like you at a certain point. Mm-hmm. There are these clear demarcations and early my early project was reteaching myself cursive because I wanted to write to write a diary and it felt important <laughs> to okay. write it in, in cursive. Okay. Um, and I think I just kind of wanted to learn to do it to to to, to relearn to do it because I was like, I don't like that. I lost that skill. I could sure. do it at a time. And I stopped. And I, you know, so I, I just was working on that for a while and, and doing these video lessons. Uh, and then the, 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 the lessons stopped with undercase, with lowercase. So right now I'm not sharp on my, <laughs> on my uppercase uh, cursive, but I'm mm. work. I'm going to get there. Sure. Um, and like, so that was like, is, and, and now I'm doing it. I'm, I'm successfully regurgitating uh, my most uh, inane thoughts into a diary. <laughs> right so so we should uh mention for anyone that's uh that doesn't know you or us uh personally you, you moved back here to phoenix uh during the quarantine um I, I would imagine living in los angeles during this time period is not the easiest thing to do <laughs> well so. it's it's um it like like my like day to day life is essentially identical like for me right now. Okay. Um, I mean like uh like there I have like my roommates in L A are not like my roommates in Phoenix. I e uh, my mother and father. Right. There are like there are areas of of similarity. Like I mean, the way I I spend my days is the you know there's. Like and that's something I I I uh, I I I would think about. I'd be like, uh, you know, at this point, I probably could go back, but nothing would change except that I would be living in a smaller space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I've just been like, and 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 I also was like, well, you know, I at, at my age, in my late thirties, and this is one of those things that no one ever enjoys, you know, me bringing up, but I guess I'm the guy who does it. There was this website where they kind of could calculate, like, I I suppose from actuarial information or who knows what, but they're like, the probabilities are, this is how many times you you will see your parents again before they are dead. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and like, so you think about that and I'm like, Good God. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, 
I don't, I didn't, I hadn't foreseen a time ever again in my whole life when I would be here for this amount of time, right? Like, it, like it's, uh, like I've, I've been in Phoenix since August. Okay. And I don't think I like that. Well, the, the next, the next 10 years w- wouldn't have included that much time according to the plans that I had. So I'm like, well, I'm not the sorriest that that is a part of this year. Uh, yeah. plus, plus my, my, my sister's daughter, my, my niece is here. And the reality is that I still only see her by video, but it's sort of, is nice to be relatively near, uh, mm-hmm. like through some of those times that are kind of cool. Uh, uh so yeah yeah like um but like yeah to 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 be to be in la right now there are a lot of things about it i like but most of them are (laughs) relatively well neutralized uh other than the fact that like um it's possible that it's still it's okay right now to be hiking in griffith park which i love doing uh but <laughs> like I uh, like most of most things I would not be doing uh yeah, any differently. Yeah. Right? The only thing I'm sorry about well one of the things I'm sorry about is that I came I came to Phoenix thinking that I would be here for maybe a couple of weeks and if I had known I would be here quite this long I there are a few more things I might have grabbed. Uh sure. like I don't have my VHS tapes like they're all they're all in oh, LA. Boy. Um <laughs> Yeah, I definitely want to talk about your VHS collection, Calder. Um, how big is it now? <laughs> well, it, at a certain point, it 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 stopped growing rapidly. Um, sure, that makes sense. Uh, well, so like uh, for a while, it wasn't that big. Um, like I had a few, like I I maybe had um, uh, like a few hundred tapes for a while, and at that time, it was relatively easy to keep under control where mm-hmm. I lived at that time in, in, in various cardboard boxes that were, and they were alphabetized in them like pretty well. And then, um, when I moved from that place for a while, almost everything I had was in a storage unit, which incidentally, I, I can't discourage people listening enough from renting a storage unit because it's almost impossible to shut it down. Um, mm, that's good to know. Every month, it's going to be easier to pay a few hundred more dollars than to bite the bullet and arrange a vehicle and get that stuff out of there. Uh, but so, like for for a while, um, all my tapes were in there, and so I would like and 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 VHS tapes were and are like my retail therapy. So like I would have an audition, and uh-huh. I would go do the audition, and I would be like all keyed up. Uh, and you're like, I gotta, I gotta get rid of this anxiety and this like self-loathing about like, I'll be, I'll be so endlessly frustrated with how I feel like I did or, or whatever. So you're like, I need to focus myself entirely on anything else. So I would go to, uh, Amoeba Records, which is in Hollywood there. I know Amoeba. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they've closed down their, their usual location, but supposedly they're opening up in another but like they had a vhs like uh section you know kind of the what you would call the redheaded stepchild probably of amoeba but (laughs) nonetheless it's there and i would go i would go there or or depending on where i was in la to another place that also had vhs tapes and i would i would i would just like start flinging ones i liked into a basket and so in that in that fashion, I would get 10 or 15 at a time. And I wasn't watching them that fast. Sure. Um, and and so so like so because 
I was buying them and then they were going directly into the storage unit. I was not really seeing mm-hmm. wh- how it was accumulating. I was like vaguely aware that it was getting bigger, but I don't I didn't really understand how big it had gotten. Um so by the time I had closed it out and I realized that the way I, in which I had been able to organize it was was no longer remotely as tenable or 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 easy. Um and at, by that point like right now, if I open up the spreadsheet that I used that like as part of how I was like, the, it's important to me to not be a hoarder. And the right. ways in which I understand how to do that are to keep them organized mm-hmm. and to always mm-hmm. be actually watching them. Um, so right now, what it looks like I'm trying to figure out if this is even the the current the current one, but like I have listed over a like like eleven eleven hundred and forty six, if that's the yeah. right number. Yeah. Um, I don't. It's possible. Like, I think that this is not not that's not even the. I, have to, I would have to find the right the right one to know for sure. sure. I think it, I think it maybe even is more than that, but it's you know it's kind of a lot. <laughs> it's, I mean, at the point where where it's yeah over twelve hundred movies, like that's that's a that's significant. <laughs> uh, I mean, here's the thing: I get it, right? Like, it's not a secret that I used to own a comic book store, and a lot of the <laughs> I probably gave up a third of my comic book collection to the store when we opened it. Uh, and then when we closed the store, I was like, okay, well, we made basically no money personally here, so I'm taking whatever I want, and I think <laughs> I took over three times what I put into the store. Oh man! Uh, well, so that's a profit. yeah. It, it was a profit. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm at a point now where I earlier this earlier in the pandemic, at some point over the summer, I went through my entire collection and I really like sorted out like, OK, what do I want to keep and what am I keeping because I've just had it or like, you know, oh, I want all the X-Men things. So let me grab all the Wolverine issues, even though I kind of don't really care about Wolverine solo book. Um <laughs> No offense to anyone who does just you know it's not really my cup of tea and he um, hates you yeah yeah that's it uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I at one point i had upwards of five thousand individual comic books um uh, and most of them right now are kind of sitting in a closet so <laughs> and, and 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 like the, the something that is definitely a problem with all of these things like now um you it's it's it, you like you, you can get like these like uh, subscription comic like things, right? Where you 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 get Marvel whatever it's called, and Marvel you basically Unlimited. yeah, you have access to. I don't, I don't, I'm sure not all of them, or it's probably it probably. I don't know why it would be like they're coming in and out because it's the company would own them all all the time. But in any event, like to to have access to that many no longer involves like a lot of space. But like comic books, just like VHS tapes and all the other things I seem to collect, just the the bulk and the weight is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The like uh, like when I was trying to figure out um, how better to store my tapes and like to display them so that I could actually access what I wanted because like if you can't get at the thing you want, you don't really have it. You know, right. Um, right. But I like I'm constantly trying to like I would be scrutinizing the specs of like Ikea bookshelves and being like, can this actually hold the weight? 
<laughs> like yeah. I'm not sure. It's yeah. it, it's pretty it, like it, it's it's a it's a problem that it's hard to find people relating to it. It's it, you know, and it's it's I I don't think that I'm a hoarder um, because I I am aware of how much that I have and I am aware of what I'm doing and I'm not just buying things for the sake of buying them. Although admittedly, there is a bit of retail therapy involved in it as well. Um, especially with as stressful as this year has been like organizing <laughs> reorganizing comics is a is a fun project for me and that's why I, I used to love sorting back issues at the couple stores i've worked at um uh and and i do need to actually sort out the things i'm going to get rid of so that when it's safe for me to go somewhere and sell them it will be easier for uh whoever's buying them to to you know go through them and be like oh yeah it's not just a bunch of random crap it's hey here's big runs of stuff oh, regardless yeah. um yeah, it's I there are some people who would argue that I'm a hoarder, but I also don't let it like like you can maneuver around my house, okay, and you're not gonna be constantly running into my stuff. Um I I, I yeah, I have bookcases of things to have stuff well displayed. I have you know, be it be it movies, because I have a, a small laser disc collection as in addition to DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. I have my comics, I have my graphic novels, I have action figures and, and everything. Uh <laughs> I don't know if anyone has been able to tell uh, at, by this point, but yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big nerd. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, but there is definitely, th this year has definitely shown me how much of my stuff that I have that I actively do not use. Oh, yeah. And um, it, that's actually really rewarding because it, it, it makes me feel like I, because I've always thought like, oh, once I get the time, I'll sit down and I'll read all this, or I'll sit down and I'll watch all these movies, or I'll sit down and I'll play all these games. And it's been almost a year, and I haven't touched most of them. Yeah, so that, that was certainly something that was illuminating to me about the storage unit. I was discouraging people from doing it, but it mm -hmm. did teach me like how often I like like cared about a lot of things that that I had. Uh, like I was like, well, most of the most of the things in there I don't ever think about, and I don't ever be like, where is that? I need to go get it. Right. Um, like I would sometimes, uh, like I would periodically like have certain titles for my VHS collection that I wanted to go get, and I would go get them. Uh, but other than that, it was like most of those things were like so unimportant. Um, yeah. That and, and and that was underscored further by it was broken into. Um, mm. Like this was in North Hollywood in in L.A. and um, you know they're pretty secure, but right. some like at some point there was a break in, and you know we, like uh, my friends and I were trying to figure out why that would have even have happened, and we kind of came up with that um, storage units like that can be where like ill-gotten like like uh, money or or valuables could be stored. Um, mm -hmm. and somebody might've been looking for something like that. And, you know, so mine got broken into it. It was one of those really kind of, uh, really stressful moments. Like I get this call from the, from the, from them. They're like, yeah, your unit got broken into, you should come see if anything's missing. And we're like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and so I go down, I, I, I have, I get on a bus like at that, mm -hmm. I was at that time living like in, in kind of a further out suburb. So I had to get on a, it, you know, it took me like two hours to get to the storage unit from there via, yeah. via bus. And like the whole time I'm, I'm thinking about, oh my God, what could be missing? And, um, I get there and nothing as far as I could tell was missing. Um, okay, like well, I had, 
I had had like uh, my birth certificate and social security card and stuff in a manila envelope. And that was the thing I was most concerned about. But that was still there. And, you know, you realize, you know, even the things that actually I that even are meaningful to me, like the, the resale value of them would be nothing. I'm like, you know, there yeah. was something about that that was kind of troubling. I'm like, I have no... I have no wealth. <laughs> I, I I have nothing. I have nothing of value. Uh, like um, the most valuable things I have are probably a TV and in in there a TV and a refrigerator. That combined, you might be able to get hundred dollars for maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that but like so yeah it, yeah I appreciate like like the like you know like I said I'm always concerned about the. Um, like like whether I'm whether I'm a a hoarder and and like that 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 like 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 I said what I feel like it, it boils down to is like is what you have organized and is it functional like do you do you use it um like like once your once the collection exceeds your ability to keep it in order and to make any use out of it whatsoever, then it starts to feel like hoarding, right? Like, um, like if, like if you watch one of the TV, not, not even just the hoarder TV shows, but if it's like the shows where my father likes to show American pickers and they're always going to these sprawling places that people have that are just endless piles of things. And that always does feel like hoarding, like it, like not like things that are neatly on shelves, uh, where they could say, "Oh, yeah, I have this gas station sign, and I know exactly where it is, and it's, it's, you know, in a, in a proper place." Well, that's not that's not hoarding to me, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's hoarding a, when it's stuff like, um, like uh, when it's it's the true hoarding to me is stuff like bales of newspapers or the little the little tables that are that used to be in pizza boxes like that's hoarding mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like yeah like that's uh you're like oh why would you have any of this yeah i mean newspapers to an extent make sense to me um not not when you have you know 50 years of the new york times or anything like but if you've got you know maybe the last six months like yeah okay maybe or or a couple from like you know, hey, I want to keep this news story from some event, right? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who still have September 11th, 2001 newspapers, right? I, I saved, um, like, newspapers from when gay marriage became legal because that seemed sure. meaningful to me. Right, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That seemed like a cool a cool thing. Uh, right, so, so to an extent, I can see hanging on to a couple of newspapers, maybe maybe keeping, I don't know, somewhere around 100, right, from, from things that are big events to you or in your life or whatever. But, yeah, at the point where you've got stacks of them, we have bail. yeah, like you said, bales of newspaper, that's, yeah, man, like, there, there's... And, and for me, the downside is, right now, most places that I've, uh, I've checked into, like, hey, I don't have a car, so, like, I, I read public transportation, which I'm not doing in a pandemic, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, so, most, like, first of all, most places that I can get to aren't taking in stuff because they're worried about the pandemic and they don't want to, you know, bring in a bunch of stuff that has COVID sprinkled all over it, which I totally understand. Um, and to my lack of a car means I can't get out to the places that are taking things. And then I'd have to sit and wait there for hours while they go through everything. So like, I'm just sort of in this weird middle ground now where like, I'm sorting out the things I don't want anymore, but now I'm just sort of stuck with them temporarily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, 
and I, I suspect that there's probably a lot of people who are going through that right now where, you know, yeah, we're all sitting around like, yeah, do I really need, you know, all these movies or comics or magazines or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's been or, or video games is, is the one that surprised me the most about how little I actually play video games, despite how much of them I've collected over my life. Um, and and like there is a. I, I'm really seeing the benefit of digital media <laughs> as, as this goes on. Um, but I also think that it is, you know, hey man, once you finally do figure out a bookcase or, or, or shelving to hold that VHS collection, it's going to be super cool to walk into Calder's house and <laughs> see those shelves full of 1200 VHS tapes oh, yeah. or however many you have. <laughs> like it's going to take up an entire wall. You know, you're going to have like a mini blockbuster there, but like oh, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> maybe a regular size. Look, yeah, but it's going to look great. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would, ho- I would hope so. Like, um, I don't know. To me, physical media is still important. Um, I mean, as digital stuff, like if as long as you're like you have local storage of it, um, I think it's probably fine. Like, sure. uh, you know, like you can buy for $50 multiple terabytes of hard drive space and keep, you know, more, you know, more movies on it than you could watch the rest of your life. And and like sure, I can yeah. I don't know, I can I, I, I see the sense in that it, if you it would feel less meaningful to me uh to have it but like knowing you would still have the security of like i'll always have this this uh, this copy of batteries not included like uh like this you know like more securely than if it was on a vhs or or blu-ray or whatever and that's like all of that to me is better than streaming is like a tough uh thing to to work out in terms of like whether it's really a net positive or not because it's really incredible what you can access now. Um, like, like thinking about like when, like uh, 20 years ago, like mm-hmm. the number of to- movies that I watched a lot of times because I didn't constantly have access to, you know, more new things than I could even put a number on. Um, right. Like the absurd number of times that I would watch like the last samurai, uh, <laughs> Like I don't know why. Like, uh, did I did I did I like it? I guess, yeah. Um, like, like, can I think of a really good reason why I bought it? Like, new or why I watched it so many times? I guess not. Uh, but but like that was the prod. That was you know the result of uh, then not being able to watch whatever you wanted all the time. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you kind of can. You basically can. You don't have secure the security of having continuous access to something as it existed at a certain time for all time right like they you know stuff comes and stuff goes and um like a movie can be altered from the other end and you're like yeah and you're like (laughs) oh oh," you know like the they they you know for one reason or another they decided to cut uh, a scene or a shot or they they change something because it's supposed to be better and it used to be only George Lucas that, that did that and you still had the original versions in some fashion but now it would be like you know like uh, Avengers Endgame is like will only exist 
in the form that they want it to at any given moment. And that sure. troubles me. Uh, so like, that's a part of what's kind of like in my head about like keeping a ruinous number of VHS tapes is it's, that I'll, yeah. I'll always have my version, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Cause I know that star Wars is the most, mm-hmm. uh, most notorious example for a movie that's been edited as time goes on. Um, and I, I did buy the the last release of Star Wars on Laserdisc before the special editions came out. So I have whatever whatever cut that is. Um, but there's there's a, a children's movie that came out in I want to say 1993 called Three Ninjas. Oh yeah. And, and uh, it it you know the the quote on the box art is crosses Ninja Turtles with Home Alone. Right. It's about three brothers <laughs> who get ninja training from their their Japanese grandfather, uh, and you know their house is hit by uh, uh, kidnappers who are working for the criminal mastermind that their FBI agent dad is fighting. Like it's a whole, it's a whole big thing. But it's a story as old as the hills. Yes, <laughs> we've all um, we've all been there. It, but but uh, yeah yeah we all have ninja training from a Japanese grandfather. Um, <laughs> uh, but the thing about that movie that's fascinating is that the theatrical release and the VHS release are actually different movies. Um, it's, it's the same movie, but they, they recut some of the more problematic scenes from the theatrical release when they put it on VHS and the Laserdisc and DVD mirror the, the home video release. But every so often, one of the streaming services will get the theatrical cut, hmm. uh, for whatever reason. And it, it was one of those things where it was on, I don't know, Netflix or Amazon prime or something. And I, I was like, yeah, I'll watch three ninjas, whatever. I have it on, on DVD, but like, yeah, sure. What the hell? I'll watch the streaming version. And um, I was watching, I was like, wait, that line is said differently. Like, I know I've watched this movie enough times to know they said this line differently. (laughs) Wait, that line's not in there. Wait, why did he say the word hell? He doesn't say that here. Like, and then it was like, there's a whole, there's a scene where they're facing off with some bullies in a basketball game over like the, one of the kid's girlfriend's bicycles. And I was like, oh yeah, well they win, you know, like in the, the copy I'm used to seeing they win the basketball game but in the theatrical cut they lose the basketball game and then at the end of the movie there's an extra scene where they actually use their ninja skills to beat up the bullies and steal back the bike how funny (laughs) is that wait a minute what (laughs) yeah it so there's there's a bunch of little things where it's like it's the same movie but it's a different movie. Very odd. I I I, yeah. I, I have uh, three. I have uh, three ninjas and three ninjas kick back on VHS. I see upon <laughs> consulting my spreadsheet, I probably Excellent. have the original version. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it, like it's so it, like um, there there are just really interesting examples of that, and very like I. I was just thinking about like two things, and one of one of which was like when I realized just how like extensive and long in duration the changes to star wars were because it wasn't just that the really well-known re-release in the 90s like that wasn't the that wasn't even that wasn't remotely close to the first time that it got tinkered with um like that was a really notable example of it but they had been doing it for years already at Mm -hmm. that point like various Mm -hmm. Um, like it, it was, it had already begun, like when they re-released the, like New Hope after like, uh, Empire Strikes Back came out, like already they were, that was when they were like adding the episode 
uh numbers right. and 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 like uh, so like what what had happened was I found like what I thought might be an original VHS release at a thrift store, but I wasn't sure and I was trying to figure it out and it was a struggle because mm-hmm. like the the amount inf- of information about various releases and the, the you know the range of them and and like the changes in them is so dense. You're like I don't even know what I have here. Uh, and right. I finally concluded, I'm like, I think this is like multiple versions deep, right? Like this is, I, 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 was, I was ultimately satisfied myself that like what I had was an older release, but not, not at all an original VHS release. And, mm-hmm. and like, you, you're, 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 you're looking at this Wikipedia article and you're scrutinizing these minute changes so like there would like like various versions would have slightly larger and like almost imperceptible differences you know like and you're like why why so much work um (laughs) um, my my former atomic monsoon co-host stephanie is a big star wars fan and she she shared with me uh, a website that had a log of a lot of the changes and one of them fascinates me it's the version on disney plus now uh when they're in cloud city I guess in the older releases, like the theatrical release, like there's just solid marble walls and they've since gone in and changed some of the panels in those walls to be windows. So you can actually see the clouds outside cloud city now. And it's like, that's a change that I think happened after the 97 special editions that everyone complains about. So again, no matter what version of star Wars you're watching, unless you did get that VHS copy, like, in 1978 or whatever or, or 70 whenever well, the first vhs came out like yeah you don't know if you're getting the real star wars yeah I, I don't i don't i don't know what version you could have that would be for sure like um maybe you'd have to get a th- like a 35 millimeter like print uh, <laughs> of the actual theatrical release yeah which allegedly george lucas destroyed at some point so it's, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know if that's true. But like, that's that is another pervasive internet rumor about the mythology of the behind the scenes on Star Wars. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would he would do that. Uh, it's yeah, like it's it's like uh, it's just a it's a really fascinating subject. It's just it go, it gets down to like people would be scrutinizing the font of the credits and be like, yeah, they changed it. <laughs> like, really? Why? Why'd they yeah, do that? Yeah. Uh, um, I, I have. Um, I have multiple releases of the first Ninja Turtles comic book, and there is a point where they went back and re-lettered the comic uh, for for whatever reason. And then the new, I mean, the new lettering does look better. It's cleaner. It's easier to read. But like, and I don't, I don't have a first printing, but I have some reproductions, like reprints of of the first. Uh, but like every time they would release it, they would change something. Uh, and and yeah, it's it's fascinating to see these like. On one hand, absolutely, you do your work, and that's your work, and that's what gets put out, and that's fine. But if it is something that most people aren't going to notice, right? If it is some little background detail, or it is like, hey, let's letter it so it's easier to read on newsprint because we didn't take that into consideration, or or whatever. Um, yeah, maybe maybe the thing that you have that's the original thing you grew up with isn't actually the original version, and maybe it's better. You know, maybe those changes are are for the best i don't know <laughs> yeah i i yeah i i i don't know it probably like for somebody who come like who comes later on it 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 probably you know at worst probably makes no difference but it co- also could be an improvement like i it like mm-hmm. i i was an adult by the time i realized that the hardy boys books that i had read that my father 
would would read to me like when i realized that those were a version that came along generations after the original version like the original hardy boys was like in the 20s or in the 30s or something like that and i don't remember what it was and then they went they went back through and revised like the original ones went from around the time my father was was young and that was what i knew where i don't know if you've ever read those or remember them but they the like the ones that i knew were 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 all in these blue covers and um and when i when i found like like older editions at a a, a used bookstore um i i was like oh good (laughs) what what is this and it was this thing where I think that it was a lot of like cleaning up like uh, language that had become outdated, like like sure. I, I think like probably a lot of like stereotypes and and, and like and icky stuff that had been in the sure. originals that that you know like by the fifties or sixties was made slightly less bad, but probably they didn't have to necessarily work that hard. I mean, um, it's it's yeah. I, I, I can imagine that there's things that were probably common parlance and later people realized, oh, this is probably a racial slur or, <laughs> or oh, this, this is probably a bigoted term that we shouldn't use. Uh, there was this random I, uh, Archie comic and like I loved Archie. Like, uh, sure. like I, I, I accumulated a lot of those because they would sell them at the grocery store checkout mm-hmm. and I would always be go, like going to get groceries with mom and she would buy me those often enough. And... I like that was that was the first time I think I realized that something could be changed um, mm. because there was this particular one and it was all about one of the it was like it was all it was about the like the like the, uh, a black character who like, like who has come to pick up his date and the the joke is uh she's making him wait a long time you know like and it's it's a it's a hilarious commentary on how women be taking a long time to get ready um and Uh and and uh i i at some point like like i had i had accumulated so many i guess that like i had a similar experience to you with three ninjas that i was reading it and i was like wait a minute i've seen this be different and at some point I finally found both versions that I had. And okay. in one of them, um, like the, the gag that he's like, oh man, I'm going to show her for making me wait so long. So she comes downstairs and says like, sorry, I was late. And in, in, in the, the revised version, he, he, he's, he's, he's gathered a bunch of white, like yarn that's lying around and he's fashioned it to look like a long white beard, right? Like he's been waiting so long. He's now an old man with a long white beard. And okay. he, just, he just says, late? You know, like, I didn't notice. <laughs> um, and in the original version, I was like, I, I thought there was more. And it's the, he like it's this much longer like version of that that is very, very racist <laughs> sounding. Oh, no. Uh, like it's, it's, it's just the most awful, like, like, like language that is meant to be like, like, like a, a song of the South, old, like, like old, uh, black man. Um, oh dear. <laughs> and, um, I think I understood what, what had happened at that time, but, sure. uh, but like, that was just like this you know one of those things Uh, that's a good change (laughs) 
Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, it's, and I, I don't know, like, I am in favor of, let's find ways that we can all enjoy things uh, in a way that no one gets left out or no one is made to feel other. Um, and, and I mean, I, hopefully with this, with this show, I'm doing that. I hope that none of my audience feels like they're being left out. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be topics that we cover. Like, honestly, who gives a shit about edits to three ninjas? But like, <laughs> well, it's so fascinating to me. It really is. Right. Right. But to me, it, it's not about the edits to three ninjas specifically. It's about, you know, even though everyone points the finger at, at George Lucas, you know, yeah, there are edits to a lot of movies and we don't like, you don't even realize them because how many people saw three ninjas more than once? I mean, first of all, how many people saw three ninjas in theaters? Secondly, how many people would have seen it enough to realize that by the time the VHS came out six months to a year later, that there were substantial edits to it. It was only because I happened to come across this alternate take on some streaming service years later that like I happened to see it. But, but to me, that was more eye opening Cause like, I, you know, like transformers, the movie from 86, there's the famous edit where they take out Spike saying, Oh shit, what are we going to do now? <laughs> oh, is um, it really? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That was a, that was a big, uh, controversy in the, <laughs> in the transformers fandom um and the original vhs took out the opening credits and replaced them with a star wars style scrolling text so that if you weren't a fan of transformers you could have some background on who these characters were and what was going on that's probably um, the best <laughs> and i think i think that that was a really good change and i do like that most of the the dvd and blu-ray sets now have both versions like they have a version with the the credits that's you know comes up Judd Nelson as Hot Rod, Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron, Orson Welles as Unicron, uh, and then the the other version will have the VHS version where it's got the scrolling text. So that way, like okay, if you want your pure theatrical release, you get that. If you want your home video release, because that's the one you grew up with, you get that too. Yeah, um, I mean, like uh, I think- it's like the, uh, the 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 original Godzilla because when I bought that on DVD, yeah. by, that, by that point there had been you know obviously a change in the United States about what was valuable about something from from another country. Uh, mm-hmm. so that like for Godzilla to have come here in the first place, you had to jam Raymond Burr into it. Um, and and yeah. and uh, like uh, like my attitude about it was that you know like maybe now you wouldn't have done that but what they did do that then and now to me like um there are aspects of the american version with raymond burr that feel I- iconic mm-hmm. uh where i'm like oh a lot of it a lot of it is is raymond burr showing up and noticing stuff and it's like not <laughs> <laughs> right not essential but <laughs> but and like and, and but like where it gets kind of cool like is is like him his his commentary on what's going on like in the in the climactic scenes where it's like it feels like you're drawing from stuff some like stuff like uh the uh the hindenburg uh like recording <laughs> and and i'm like well that's the, like the, uh, th- that is a memorable like sequence and and performance and so i'm like yeah i'm glad that that the like both versions are are there uh mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. i would really only i would primarily i guess i would want to watch both versions if they were doing an american version of all the godzillas i've actually been working my way through those so i'm 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 getting reasonably versed like i i just finished watching all of the the original run of godzillas like with the the terror of mecha godzilla 
mm-hmm. and you know you get to a point where you really there's something really cool about that that you are like i have psychologically centered uh japanese people like in my mind like in this like story and universe uh so that if a white guy showed up i'd be like what, what the hell are you doing here <laughs> you you got to beat it man like <laughs> uh, uh, like like that like in one like there were like one or two where like a like a white american is a major part of the story and i'm like ah it's kind of distracting <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh like That's uh it, it, it really is. And you're like, you know what? I haven't thought what, like, you know, like at some point I'd be like, it's, it, it only feels natural that when space aliens show up and start mind controlling Godzilla to try to take over, I'm like, obviously the space aliens are look Japanese. What else would they look like? Uh, <laughs> like, I'm just like, but you're like, yeah, if, if it was an American movie, they would look American, uh, but they would sound yeah, British. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, or you'd run into problems that, like, they had in uh, Star Wars Episode One, uh, <laughs> which is a whole other, whole other can of worms. Um, oh boy, yeah, yeah. Um, boy, that was that. This podcast did not go where I thought it was going to go at all. <laughs> uh, but it's fine. This is totally fine. I love, I love just going off the cuff and and ending up ending up in some weird place. Um, but I did. I did want to ask. Okay, so obviously, Calder, you are a huge fan of movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> you don't uh, end up yeah. in the VHS collection. Uh, and and I presume that because of your your fandom of, I mean, you introduced me to Italian zombie movies, which I didn't even know was a thing uh, until you know one night where I, I crashed over your place and we ended up watching. Uh, was it Zombie Three? It was. Uh, it would have been Zombie Two. Zombie uh, Two. Okay. I actually like this has been on that like it's 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 uh interesting that you bring that up because that has kind of been on my mind very recently. Um like Zombie 2 was uh not actually like the sequel to something. Uh like because I think I think Dawn of right. the Dead is what it was was that was called um Zombie and and in in, in Italy they are they are and, and were kind of fast and loose with uh, intellectual property laws that so you could kind of claim something was a sequel to a lot of stuff. Um, sure. But um, so Lucio Fulci did zombie two. And it's really kind of an amazing movie. Uh, like uh, if you have, if you haven't heard of it, like you, you should uh, treat yourself uh, because um, there is a flair to like some of the movies that they do over there that, that, that he does that you just don't see, you know, American zombie properties are no stranger to spectacle. I think, I think it's <laughs> that's fair, fair yeah. to say, yeah. but yeah. Um, there's kind of a, a beautiful level of gratuitousness to Lucio Fulci's ones where it's kind of like a porno movie in that, in theory, like a like a normal zombie movie, kind of, you know, like the act, the like the 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 gore and and mayhem, really kind of flows along with the plot. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I think that's mostly true. Like at least when I think about like Romero movies, like and and some of the other notable like Return of like the the the, the Return of the Living Dead and all those, it feels like for the most part stuff happens as long as it needs to, and they don't tend to get bogged down in it. 
But what's amazing about Lucio Fulci is that there would be a handful of what you now call set pieces, uh, mm-hmm. but that at the time you just would have called a scene, I think. Um, but where like everything stops, right? Like hard stop. The movie is in park, and and this this zombie like like uh, violence is going to play out for the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like you know, just you just you know, don't worry about the plot for a while because like this is going to take as long as a sex scene would in a porn movie uh that like that's what that's what Fulci is a lot like but i but i've been watching um for for a long time that was the only of his movies that i knew and then i started to watch some of the others and i was like oh he actually was kind of kind of really amazing like and i always thought like he was kind of a trashy director but I think that there was a lot more going on to him than than I realized. Um, Italian horror is pretty pretty amazing, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. I haven't. I mean, I don't know that I've dived into a lot of it, uh, other than you know, Zombie Two being my introduction over your house. When and like at that point, I don't think I'd even seen Night of the Living Dead. Like I, I just you know, I'm I'm not a horror guy, but uh, I I have an appreciation for. I have an appreciation for the genre. Like I, I, you know, obviously there there is a huge market for it, uh, and so I, I think it's great that there's so so much and so many different types. Um, but but because of you, I, I now have this appreciation for European, for specifically Italian zombie horror movies, and and like okay, cool, like this is a whole other road to go down. That why would you ever know about this unless you were specifically looking for just more zombie stuff, right? Had, had you um, ever like uh, been versed in European stuff and anything else like in, in comics? Cause uh, like, uh, I know that there's definitely some really like big, like uh, titles and properties that are, that are British or, or that are, that are uh, French. Uh, but it seems like sure. it's, it's easier to stay out of Europe when it comes to comic books than, than than would be true of of like japan uh yeah i think like i've dabbled a little bit in some of the european stuff um certainly a lot of european comic creators have ended up working for like marvel and dc or put out books through through image or whatever um so i I, you know i have i have a, a bit of a taste for it um but honestly it's just the lack of availability of a lot of it has has prevented me from getting into it more and then like mobius's stuff is amazing but because of licensing and translation and because they want to give a good presentation, they end up being very expensive, like 50, 60, $75 hardcover books. And like for a thing that I don't even know if I want or if I'm going to enjoy, like that's, that's a big investment. You yeah. Know? Um, and, and like, I, I'm not going to say that those books aren't worth it. It's that I don't know if this is something like, I don't want to spend 75 bucks for something I'm going to read once. Yeah. It's you know? <laughs> like a try before you buy. doesn't, doesn't work yeah. out as well there. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually, um, there's actually a good argument towards digital comics, right? Because I'm sure the digital copies are cheaper because you don't have to print them or, or have the nice hardcover edition. Uh, I, I haven't looked into that actually. That's a, that's a, you've inspired me. Ooh. Um, yeah, if I hadn't spent a bunch of money on retail therapy this week, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's something to look into in the future, actually. But yeah, um, uh, I've dabbled a little bit in European comics, and uh, like you know, the Smurfs I think started in Belgium, so like there is. Did it really? I, I believe it was Belgium. Uh, I might be incorrect about that. Uh, listeners, I'm sorry. Uh, please feel free to contact me and let me the, know that I was wrong. The home of Tin um, Tin, if nothing else. 
yeah, Tintin for sure. Uh, and I did have some Tintin comics as a kid. So yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess so. Um, uh, but yeah, the, uh, uh, zombie two over, over your house, uh, in your parents' basement, uh, back in, in the late nineties, there was definitely my introduction to, uh, European film. I want to, well, no, I guess my mom <laughs> bought us the red balloon. Oh, uh, well, those are really the but, two big, uh, the big ones to know, I think <laughs> the red balloon and, uh, <laughs> zombie two. Yeah. That's really, that's really <laughs> yeah. the, the two essentials. Okay. And I, I guess Monty Python as well. So yeah. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> anyways yeah in my introduction to european horror films for sure um so i don't know i don't know it's it's uh okay so so <laughs> case in point calder likes movies a whole bunch so what about them inspired you to go go to hollywood like i mean did you want to I know you've ended up doing a whole bunch of stuff there um, because, hey, man, we all got to make money. We all got to pay the bills. So, like, you know, we all don't necessarily get to do the exact thing we want all the time. But um, what was your what was your goal? And then how how has that worked out for you? I don't know. I mean, I mean, well, you know, I when I was uh, in when I was in college, like at a certain at, at some point, like, uh, well, you know, so like I, I had this enormous sense of ambivalence when I was finishing high school and you sort of are like, I think I'm supposed to know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life at this point. And then that's supposed to inform my college decision and and everything flows from that. And you find out later, of course, that that's not that neat for anyone ever. But right. I, I was like, geez, I don't know. I think I like movies. Like, I think that was I think that was the absolute full extent of my thinking like okay. as a high school senior, I was like, I think I like movies. And I was vaguely aware that SCC, like Scottsdale Community College had a relatively strong film program. And like, I was like, I guess I'll, I guess I'll do that. And like, I, I, when I went to finish my, my bachelor's degree in Chicago, I, I like, I, like, I think like the, like the, what, what I had kind of concentrated on actually before that at SCC was, uh, was editing because I had vaguely understood well uh, to be to be a good uh, like director it helps to have a grounding ed- in editing because you would then know what you uh, need and all of that but like mm-hmm. that was what I you know I think in my mind kind of went to LA to do was like well I'll be an editor and I found you know that was neither like my strength or especially my huge interest and I wound up finding myself you know, more involved in comedy writing and in acting, you know, not neither things that I really thought I would be, be doing, but, mm-hmm. it, and, and like, I don't like, I think part, like it was maybe a partly that I kind of had this conscious sense of what I really wanted to do. And it was kind of partly like, this is what I can do, or, you know, like you always go into, uh, something like uh, like comedy or 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 the arts, like with a with some kind of psychosis. It's uh, <laughs> so, probably so true. Yeah. It's, like it's like you know, there's all. I remember somebody had some formula like of like the combination of what of parents that would lead you to be like a stand up comedian, a sketch comedian, or whichever. And it was like, well, if your mother is the over the over like uh, uh, doting one and your father is the one who ignores you, you, you become this, or, you know, like, and it was kind of an interesting like uh, attempt to answer all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that, like 
yeah, I don't know. Like I, I like at a certain point, I just was like, there's nothing I want to do more than this. And there's nothing I seem to be any better at than this. And when I'm doing it, I feel good at something. And I feel like I'm among people that slightly more than normal, like seem to, to, to get me. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I don't know. There are other things that I could probably do also well, but it would then feel like I was, it's, it certainly feels criminal anytime someone has, you know, to not to, not to sound presumptuous or anything like that, but when someone has like a real gift and then that's not what they do, it just, there's, there's a wrongness to it. Like it feels like, you know, yeah. um, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like, uh, like the world can probably live with or without my gift, but like, it just is like, oh, I think that's what it's got to be. 